Welcome to the Hyper Engage podcast. We are so happy to have you along our journey. Here, we uncover bits of knowledge from some of the greatest minds in tech. We unearth the hows, whys, and whats that drive the tech of today. Welcome to the movement. Hey, greetings, everybody. This is Deal from Hyper Engage podcast. I have my co-host, Taylor Kenderson, and a special guest, John Henwood from a product board team. He's leading a customer success team there. Thank you very much, uh, John, for taking the time. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on, Deal and Taylor. Great to meet you both. Cool stuff. So starting off, like we always do, like we talk more about uh, you, like how uh, how did you choose this industry? Like, what was your motivation in the beginning when you, you know, tried to join the customer facing role? And, uh, you know, specifically in a technology like product board, there is so much competition uh, in the in the last seven to eight years uh, into this space. So I would appreciate if you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your inspirations into this, uh, this industry, this role, this kind of technologies. Yeah. Um- you know, I've been in what was account management and then customer success for the last 13 years. I've, you know, I've always loved being the kind of relationship owner. Um, you know, I love building customer experiences, even prior to, you know, having a career. I really enjoy thinking about, you know, how to build an amazing experience, whether that's, you know, if I'm in a restaurant, if I'm in a hotel, and really understanding like the key moments that make a, an excellent experience. And so I always gravitated towards that and thinking like, how do I create better experiences um, for customers. I love the kind of user social psychology around how to build habits around a product. And so when I think about customer success, really intriguing is that focus on how to deliver measurable value to a customer. And customer success, specifically what we think about is being really central to the whole way the organization delivers value. And so I really love the cross-functional nature of, you know, understanding who's our customer, who's the ideal customer profile, do we have the right pricing and packaging? How do we define, deliver, measure value? And you know, how do we create a flywheel advocates to see expansions? So just the, the, the centralization of CS at a business level is really interesting in creating an experience. Um, and then if I answer the second part of your question, as it relates to product board specifically, product board sits squarely in the middle of, of a really clear trend around product-led growth. You know, everyone wants to be the next Slack, next Twilio, the next Zoom, and they really want to be product-centered and building products that customers love. And product board sits really in the middle of helping companies do that. And so it was really interesting, and especially some of the customer success, very meta to think about how the whole organization can rally, be more customer-centric around the, uh, the customer, build products that the customer love, and how product customer success collaborate to actually make sure we understand the customer and we build what's right for them. And so. Um, it's a very meta role to do customer success at product board, and that was incredibly interesting to me. Love that. I I really love Absolutely. also your approach, your approach on uh, really centralizing and focusing on the product experience, which leads to the success of the customer. Can you kind of dive in a little bit about some of the things that you look for or look to build when developing a product experience? Like, what are some key things that you have to be aware of either as a new founder or someone that's like just getting and starting up their business and, and wants to know like how to shape that experience. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of mentioned it at the start. I think it, the first thing is understanding who your customer is, right? Like who are we serving? Who is our ideal customer profile? Who's kind of center the bullseye there of who we're specifically creating experience for. And then when we think about the product, 
how do we really understand if someone's coming into the product, like who they are, what are the kind of jobs to be done? You know, if any of the listeners out there are familiar with the jobs to be done framework, if not, I would uh, for sure recommend, um, you know, Googling that, there's tons of uh, content around it. You know, what are the jobs to be done? The user, the customer is there to, um, to do in the product. And from then it's all about like, how do we build very easy on-ramps uh, in the product? So we create momentum, right? Momentum builds more momentum. And, you know, you hear about like aha moments, habit moments. And so probably we really think about like, what are the, uh, where's the points of inertia that we're going to get to uh, where once someone gets through that point that and reaches that aha moment, then they're likely to um, have a higher likelihood of coming back to the product the next day. And so, you know, taking a kind of backwards approach, looking at like who the most successful customers are and then retrofitting what was it about them? What did they do that made them successful? It's something we think a lot about. And on the flip side, you know, who are the customers are getting tripped up, where are they getting tripped up and how do we go design? So I think it starts from understanding the customer, then taking a look at who the successful and successful customer, customers are using data um, and then building experiences both in the product and then supplemented by customer success to go deliver against those. And when you're building, you know, those product experiences, how do you, engage your customer success team to drive whatever is needed to on the product side so you know we talk about a lot in cs you hear these like you have different silos with teams and you know sometimes one team is not really familiar on what another is doing so how do you at product board uh, bridge the gap between that like information gap between the product side and your cs mm -hmm. team yeah. Uh, well, well, firstly, you know, shameless plug, we use product board, which so all of our feedback from across the go-to-market organization um, comes into product board. So I guess regardless of using product board or somewhere else, how do you make it really easy for the product team to get feedback from one place? If you're a product manager, you're getting feedback from your CEO, you're getting feedback from your customers, you're getting feedback from sales, support, success. And honestly, it's incredibly tough to figure out how to make sense of all of that what do customers actually want? What's the important thing? And so how do you, as a customer success leader, customer success team, make it easier for the team to, um, to collect that feedback? And so it could be, you know, you have a shared Slack channel that everything lives, for example. It could be something simple like that. Um, and then we really think about how do we create quality feedback from our team? So, you know, seldom do teams actually train their individuals um, on what good feedback looks like, right? How to be uh, problem focus, not solution focus, right? We don't want the team to be um, order takers um, and how to you know, dig into the customer problem to really understand um, the why behind it and what pain they're trying to solve for. And if you do that, it's much more likely to be usable by the product team so that they can actually action it. Um, so that'd be a, a couple of points. And then I guess the last thing I'd say is uh, we have a growth team at Product Board and that's a cross-functional team and customer success is part of that. And so the growth of really thinking about ways in which they can productize and you know, create better activation retention in the product. Uh, and we play a really key role in being part of those discussions. And customer success, where I think can be really valuable to a product and growth team is we can probably iterate and experiment faster than they can because we have humans to do it. So we'll often run you know, quick experiments with maybe some, some messaging, Maybe we'll try a webinar for you know, a particular use case. Maybe we'll create an education template in a document that we share with customers. And if we get traction from those things, then we take those learnings back to the product and then 
that might be something we prioritize for all productizers. Mm, that makes sense. Absolutely. So now uh, when we talk about a customer success team, like I just want to know, like in a, for a small to mid-market segment, how big is your team on the success side, like post-sales operations? Um, my team is nearly 40 people. Uh, 40 people. So, yeah. So we've got mm. you know a pretty robust team um, that serves anywhere from, you know, so, so product board serves, we have a free plan all the way up to very large enterprise businesses. And so we have a, a success team that's got three kind of core experiences. We have a strategic customer success management team for our biggest spending customers. And we have a leader and a team of CSMs uh, below that. We have a commercial success management team for our mid-spend customers uh, and a team below that. Uh, and then we have a scale customer success function, uh, which is really all the one-to-many programs. So things like webinars, clinics, office hours, lots of uh, email campaigning. And we have a team mm -hmm. of you know what we call coaches, which is like a scale CSM function where they have several mm -hmm. hundred accounts each. Um, and it also has a customer education function, which owns like we have Product Board mm. Academy. So we think about uh, how do we create content to drive adoption at scale? Um, how do we create courseware, et cetera? And so across those, um, plus we have an operations, a CS operations function, which helps us scale, create standardization efficiency, um, forms mm -hmm. customer success. Mm. Okay, that's quite a wide range and you've, you've covered all areas pretty much uh, in terms of uh, you know education, in terms of training and management for your own, uh, not just the customers, but the teams as well. So uh, when we when you talk about training and management, you guys uh, taken some initiatives for your own team, like apart from all the knowledge-based mainstream training? For um, our own team internally? Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, we think about training enablement under kind of a few um axes uh, so right now as we're speaking my team is in training about persuasion and negotiation uh and so we do a whole range of soft skills that help the team think about um not just kind of the, the technical product elements um so they can be thought leaders around the products and the use cases the best practices but you know how to be better strategic advisors for our customers how to be better agents of change uh, and so some examples would be I just talked about negotiation, persuasion. We did change management training. And so, you know, we have a change management framework that um, we developed um, that's services function. And we train the whole team on how the fu fundamentals of change management, how to get people to take new actions, how to drive programmatic change across the whole business. Uh, and so we think about kind of core skills that the CS team might need to learn all the way down to presentation skills, how to build a good deck, how to think about data, see data, tell a story from that. Um, and that's an ongoing program that we do every two weeks, we have sessions. And then mm. lastly, I just say is we, we try and thread learning through everything we do. So in every team meeting, there is knowledge sharing, what did we learn? Uh, what are some stories? What are some successes that you know, one CSM is having that others can learn from in all of our kind of monthly all hands, we do the same, we share successes, learning stories. So like we really think about how do we, you know, we have 40 brains in the team, all with different experiences. How do we better democratize learning across those? Cause they all come with different 
shapes background skills. And you have so much that, you know, education obviously drives value, um, not only for your team, but also for your customer. So how, like, I mean, education is one thing, but then actually implementing that knowledge is a, is a whole separate game. How do you, how do you allow the team to like nurture that knowledge and then go and like implement it and test it out like amongst clients or amongst their different accounts that they run? Like, how is this knowledge applied? Are there like specific things you're like, okay, this is what we're going to be focusing on for this week. Uh, we want to begin implementing this kind of uh, knowledge uh, that we learn. It's a really great call out. And I think in the past, what we learned is, you know, it can't just stop at like, we deliver the training and then we're done. So um, a key part of any enablement we do, and we've got an amazing sales enablement leader who is an amazing forcing function for making us think more strategically about our training enablement is thinking, how do we reinforce this action after the fact? That's actually where the value comes. And the same goes for our customers when we when we do the same, right? If the CSM gives customer some best practice, that is probably like 10 to 20% of the value that the customer is actually going to get. Is how do we actually hold them accountable to that action? How do we get their buy-in? And then how do we manage them to it? And course correct if they're not doing it. And so, yeah, we think about how will we know if the, the team is doing this? So we have measurement. So it could be, you know, we set up gong scorecards against some of the behaviors that we want um, the team to take. We will set up metrics like an our customer success tool against them. So, you know, for the change management example, we set up new activation criteria to determine whether a customer is organizationally change ready that the CS team has to actually check off that they've taken some actions against. So we can measure who's doing it, who's not, um, and are we driving that, you know, uh, driving that change. We then include it in every team meeting for the next four weeks after the session as a discussion point where people have to come and share examples of how they've incorporated that into their work. And they have to share like a gong snippet of them trying X or Y behavior. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we think a lot about it. And if we have, you know, we, we do quarterly OKRs and we all often incorporate an OKR around a specific behavior change that we're trying to make. Cool. So you have like Amazing. internal... You have like almost internal KPIs that you use um, to gauge the team's, uh, you know, application of knowledge. And then you also obviously have, you know, metrics that you're, you have against your clients or your customers that you're, you're dealing with. So when you, uh, you know, you're leading so many people in, on the team, how, um, what kind of like data is most relevant and like, how do you prioritize that? I mean, you're getting so much, you mentioned it, you're getting so much information, uh, not only like customers, you know, complaining or expressing their joy, but, um, you know, you have these different data points too, that are coming in based on different accounts. How do you, what are you looking at when you open up your computer or whatever you do each day and what is most important? How do you prioritize that? Can you just get a little deep into that? Yeah. Great question. So we have, we developed a customer success scorecard and, you know, when you read any kind of thought leadership about customer success, lots of it, you know, would preach, customer success needs to be an organization-wide initiative, right? Not just a team. And we think about that too. And we think about what is the impact of customer success along the whole customer journey from acquisition through um, to expansion. And so we actually have uh, a scorecard which goes across those elements. So we have uh, under acquisition, how is customer success uh, influencing acquisition? And so we run proof of concepts with customers before they become a customer. And we look at what's the conversion rate when customer success gets involved pre-sale. That's a metric we look at. We then look at activation. 
how are we actually helping activate customers? What percentage of the customers being activated in a given period? We then go to engagement. Uh, what's the customer health? We have a programmatic health score. We also look at how they engage with our team. Um, so to what degree are, you know, are they using the customer success team? Um, then uh, we have all the, we look at retention. What are all the core retention metrics? Gross retention, customer logo retention, net dollar retention. Look at expansion. So we have CSQL process. So are we identifying expansion opportunities across our accounts? And ultimately we look at advocacy. Are we creating more advocates? So we do that by way of customer case studies and quantifiable proof points we've created. And then lastly, are we, are we creating an amazing experience? So CSAT, MPS. And so we have all these headers that go along our timeline and the metrics, and it's really easy to see, and we color them green, yellow, red, and then we can see along the customer journey, what's green, what's yellow, what's red, and like where in the customer journey do we actually need to make tweaks? Okay, that's that sounds pretty strategic, sounds pretty systematic, uh, and you cannot scale without having a system, having a process, having uh, an infra side on the baseline, and then you can build it up and, you know, to as many people as, as, as possible. So when it comes to measuring uh, and, and monitoring all of this uh, entire customer journey, you know, of course, you need to incorporate a lot of technologies, tools, there are loads of them uh, for customers facing teams, success teams specifically. So what kind of uh, technologies have you incorporated in order to make it a success and uh, as scalable as you ever wanted it to? Yeah, as you can imagine, probably by the sounds of what I've just described, like we, you know, we have a lot of tools. Um, so we have we have things you expect. Uh, so we have our CRM is Salesforce. We have a customer success tool. Um, so the platform we use is Vitaly. Um, okay. We we use Gong for all of our kind of call recordings, our coaching. I talked about how we use that to scorecard certain behaviors we we want to um, change. We use Intercom, um, which is connected to Vitaly. We use Intercom in-app messaging, which customer success owns. So we create yeah. all the cohorts of users in, in the uh, vitally of like, you know, if customer has done X, tag them, and then that goes to Intercom and they get might get a campaign. Um, we use Product Board um, to collect all of our feedback um, and, and see the roadmap, close the feedback that the customers. Mm -hmm. I think those okay. are the main ones. I'm, 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 I'm certain I'm missing ones, but um, those would be the core ones. You know, this is pretty much all, you know, what I understood from this is the source of truth for your success team is mostly widely triggers, right. you know, it takes all the data and triggers actions or recommendations for your success team to, you know, build meaningful conversations and all of that. So how you guys are monitoring those data and how those conversations are looking like when it comes to triggering some actions or recommendation alerts that widely gives to your CS team every day, maybe. So how does that play around? Because I'm trying to think more on how you're expanding your freemium model towards, uh, you know, on annual recurring or monthly recurring. Yeah, we, so free customers, if, they have, if they're not a paying customer, that still technically lives under the growth organization's roles and responsibility to turn those into a paid customer and think about all that kind of top of funnel. Once they become a paid customer, and that might just be $20 a month, you know, very low spend. You know, we, uh, assuming they don't qualify for what we call a coach or, or then a CSM, um, they would be on our digital touch program, which we have, you know, several thousand customers in that segment. Uh, and from there, yeah, there's any number of digital customer journeys based on the specific plan that they're in. And again, 
there's two ways we think about kind of digital journey. One is like time-based intervention. So, you know, on day one, you get X, day three, day seven, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then behavior-based. And so the behavior-based is typically like based on what plan they're in, what uh, they should be doing at a certain stage in the journey based on, you know, the data that I referred to earlier, the expectations of like what mm -hmm. those key moments are. And if they don't mm -hmm. meet those expectations, then they will absolutely get prompted. But uh, first by email, then we get more, uh, you know, uh, annoying um, by coming in app um, and we really think about if that is not working what signals do we also create where we might actually have a human uh, intervene and mm -hmm. so when we think about expansion that you referred to uh, you know we have a sales team based on the size of the company size of the potential opportunity we you know have a matrix style experience where we may layer on top human intervention with an account manager to go find um, that champion, find what use case they have, maybe develop that champion, find other white space lines of business and mm -hmm. um, could go grow mm -hmm. that. And so it's kind of a matrix based on current spend and potential opportunity based on the market, which would dictate what's, what CS motion we have and what expansion motion. Great. So when it comes to, uh, you know, what kind of process you have around NPS, I'm sure I've seen your uh, survey, like NPS survey as well, like Intercom, they're also doing it. When it when it comes to making it more personal, what do you guys have uh, have done in terms of uh, making it more personalized? What is that process around MPS? Yeah, I mean, I I think the key with MPS more than anything is following up. It's like not the mm -hmm. data. It's not even necessarily like the answers. More than anything, I think like the biggest correlation to impact MPS is the people who don't respond, not even the people who do respond. And so, I mean, we, we have an NPS program. I think the only difference I might call out is we do it at specific points in the customer's journey. So rather than do it, you know, we do it every six months based on our, um, our calendar. Um, it's always on and it's at different points in the customer journey. And I like it that way because that way we can see how does the customer feel at different points in their journey? And that helps us understand where we might course correct, like, you know, customers in the first 90 days, in the first 180 days, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. Otherwise, you just get a real crosshair. And it's really hard to action in any meaningful way. Um, that would be the main thing. Um, uh, we do have a separate, what we call value survey that we deliver to customers, again, at different points in their journey, which is really oriented around the core value drivers that we promise when you come to be a customer of product board and we ask you to what degree are we helping you achieve those and we do that as a way to get bottoms up feedback so the csm team come renewal time can go to the champion and say you know 82 percent of your users feel like they're saving time building roadmaps for example mm. and so we really mm. help um create ways to um tell that value story yeah, that, that's the way to go. And it's it's also critical to, you know, during the customer journey, maybe in the beginning, slightly to get a touch on, on the relationship, like what kind of relationship we are looking at, like relationship score. We spoke to mm -hmm. uh, Ziv, uh, the CCO of AppScribe. So they are yeah. basically also monitoring and they're kind of uh, staying on top of relationship capital. So that's utterly important for them during uh, the customer journey. And that's, as you said, it's more of like interpersonal. You need to connect, engage, and maybe communicate with, with the customers to understand what level of relationship we have with them to be able to, you know, not just expand, but also recommend your product or your service. 
So it's all about, you know, staying in, in, in deep connection and, you know, making sure you have the conversation going on to be able to uh, get the right word across. Do you have yeah, anything absolutely. to say, uh, Taylor? Yeah, I, I kind of want to dive uh, a little bit into the team aspect. So we're talking a lot about, you know, you get the customers and like how the uh, infrastructure is set up in order to, you know, make sure that your customers are getting the value that you you promise them and how you're delivering upon that. But when you talk about, you know, you have a team of, you know, 40 people, what is something, uh, what are a few things that make a CSM or a leader in CS or someone on the CS team successful or, you know, really um, a leader in, in their own right? At, like, what are some of these, I don't know, characteristics that you see in maybe commonly or not, but yeah, can you dive in? Yeah, I and mean, this is probably, a, uh, you know, uh, a whole podcast into itself. I actually have a competency matrix around it. Happy to share it after the fact if your audience is, is interested. So I think there's some core foundations to being, um, really valuable in customer success. I said one of the, a few of them are being curious. You just have to care about the customer's business. And again, not the product, the business. What do you care about? What are your priorities? Where are you trying to head? Um, so curiosity is really key that drives all of the strategic conversation. You have to really um, have a sense of ownership and accountability. You know, you own a book of business. You are responsible for the value creation for your customer. How do you go defend that value, get allies across our business to go support that customer? How do you hold them, the customer, most importantly, accountable to that value and drive change with them? So there'd be a couple like underlying foundations. And then there's some core characteristics of a, you know, a world-class CSM and not everyone's going to have all of these, but they might have a flavor. You know, they would be excellent communicators. They can turn very complex topics and uh, communicate those in a very simple, succinct way. They would have domain expertise, right? Whatever domain of your product is, they would have done the job of your customer so they can really add value. They would be amazing at data and insights. They would be able to look at data, glean insights and tell a story from that. Um, they'd be amazing at change management, project management. You know, how do, now I have recommendations. How do I actually organization, organizationally get the these users, this group of users to go change? Um, and those are several, lots of things. And it's impossible to expect one person to have all those skills. So when I'm hiring, I'm thinking about what skills do we have on the team? What are we missing? How do we round this out? And what is this person bringing? Love that. I mean, your team obviously is uh, super important. Nothing can work unless you have the proper the proper team around you. So building out, you know, a team that's uh, you can trust that also takes ownership and also complements each other in different ways is know a large part of the success of the company i often equate customer success with success of the business you know maybe it doesn't have to be dubbed customer success but at every level um especially starting up you know companies they should always be concerned or focused on this aspect of things it's basically just listening and talking to your customers and then applying that knowledge into the product and how you're shaping that and delivering value and i think that's uh, super important obviously is getting your team to rally behind what's going on and how to deliver value to um you know your your customers but that's really huge yeah and also this idea of curiosity like you have to be thinking like most of the times about your customer, their business and being curious about why they're doing what they're doing and, you know, asking questions about their business and customers love it. Like they absolutely love uh, to be heard and uh, felt all this time about 
anything that you can talk. You can, I mean, we spoke with a team at uh, Fastly, Emily Garza. She's she's so yeah. big on this, yeah, uh, know. you know, idea of curiosity, and uh, she's pretty much preaching about asking. And uh, you know, she believes that cadences are so underleveraged. People don't come go on and ask questions about uh, about their business, and you know, curious about what they're doing, and even a lot of things that uh, that can come into play uh, to make make people feel hurt. So uh, I really appreciate that you've been so concrete and uh, we have uh, you guys featured and we can share the story. We'll, it's gonna be an entire team working on this episode and uh, we'll, we'll share the word across. And yeah, that's it. Oh, I appreciate it. So uh, great to hear some product board fans out there and appreciate you having me on. Really appreciate you, John. We'll talk soon, okay? okay. Thanks so much. Have a beautiful day. You time. have a good rest of your day, John. You too. Thank you so very much for staying with us on the episode. Please share your feedback at adil at hyperengage.io. We definitely need it. Uh, we will see you next time with another guest on the stage with some concrete tips on how to operate better as a customer success leader and how you can empower engagements with some building some meaningful relationships. We qualify people for the episode just to make sure we bring the value to the listeners. Do reach us out if you want to refer any CS leader. Until next time. Goodbye and have a good rest of your day.